I was not taking a lot of time to really take care of myself to fill my own bucket before I was just taking care of my family. So I love that I'm in a role where a fraction of that time I get to be in a very comfortable domain. But then there are also times when it's just like optimal time to be learning, making new connections with other people in the company and building on my knowledge base. And it frees up my mental space for my off hours and putting myself back together and learning who I am again. Hello and welcome to the Shift Your Day Job podcast. I'm Brittany Cates, your host and companion on this incredible journey of career transformation. Get ready for inspiring stories, valuable insights, and a roadmap to shift your mindset towards a more fulfilling professional life. In each episode, we explore the remarkable journeys of individuals who made the leap from one career to another. As we navigate through these stories together, you'll find motivation, strategies, and the confidence to pursue your dreams. Whether you're feeling stuck, contemplating a change, or just seeking a dose of inspiration, this podcast is your weekly companion. Tune in every Thursday as we uncover the secrets to shifting your day job. I'm Brittany Cates, and I'm here to guide you on your path to a more fulfilling career. Hello, and welcome back to the Shift Your Day Job podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Cates, and I'm really glad that you're here with me today. Today, I'm talking to Amy Kwan. She's an executive assistant who resides in Vancouver. She has two young boys and works remotely for a software company. She and I were a part of the same tech program that I've talked about in previous episodes, and her journey took a little bit of a different turn because she still works as an executive assistant, the job she previously had, but it's within a tech company. So I'm excited to talk to her today about how that came about and to find out how her journey through learning tech led her to her current position. Please join me in welcoming Amy Kwan to the podcast. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I really appreciate you being here and taking the time out of your busy schedule. Can you share your journey as far as your career path has gone? So like where you started, what made you feel like you needed to change? And then where are you now because of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. So I was an executive assistant before I had my last son and before the pandemic. Um, and I really enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, but the pay wasn't great. And I worked really, really long hours, often late at night. So my last son was born in 2019. And then in 2020, the whole everything changed as it did for everyone else. And as he became older, a lot of my priorities had changed. I knew I wanted to level up and create a life for myself that would be bigger and better for myself that I didn't see that potential in my former position. I didn't feel a strong connection to it anymore, even though I so appreciate that my former manager wanted me to come back. And I definitely don't take that for granted. I felt intrinsically that I would be somewhat settling if I went back to it. And more importantly, because of the long hours, I knew if I went back to it, I would try to be fitting life around my job. 
instead of the other way around. And having a career and job is really important, but so is family, social life, health. I just really wanted something where I could have a little bit more balance. So once I realized that I didn't want to go back to my old job, I started doing some basic research into other careers, just some casual searches. I was basically chasing that unicorn of trying to find things that I could do or at least aspire to do in the least amount of time that paid the most amount of money. And as a mother, as a parent, I think you just don't have a lot of extra time or often a lot of extra resources and funds to just go back to university or to get your master's. I was hoping that I could, I just wanted to feel confident that if I did invest in something that I would likely find work. So yeah, like I said, chasing a unicorn. And in that process, the only thing that was really clear to me was that I just wanted to be open to new things. And I wanted to make a concerted effort to refrain from pigeonholing myself into what I believed I could do, could not do, be capable of, not be capable of. I just, you know, Amy, just go about this. Just be open. Be so open. And um, I was scrolling my social media. I came across Ellen's UR Techie introductory session. And on a whim, I was like, you know what? I never sign up for these things, but I'm going to sign up. I'm going to attend and we'll just see. It's free. You know, what do I have to lose? And I'm so, so glad that I did. Even in just that one live hour with her, she really, really opened up my eyes to what it could be like to work in tech. I came away with a few points. She said that working in tech is great for parents. You can make a really meaningful contribution to your family's income. You could work as little as you want. You could do freelance or you could take a contract. You could go for a full-time position. Many of the skills that you need, you can learn online at your own pace. And also, I would say the most meaningful point that I came away from was that tech is just, it's such a huge industry. It's the second largest industry in the U.S. It's vast. And it coexists with so many different things. It would just be a huge oversight for someone to write it off and think, oh, there's no part of that world for me. I just don't have the skills. I couldn't possibly learn them. It's so vast. It's so vast. So I registered to be part of her cohort. And I didn't really know if I had a place there, if it would be of interest, if I would be good at it. But that was okay because Ellen just kept saying repeatedly, it's okay not to know the end goal during the process. And I think that's just a great mindset to have in all areas of your life. And I really just kept repeating that to myself. It's okay that I don't know exactly what role I want to do. It's okay that I don't even know if I want to do front end or back end. I didn't even know what front end or back end. I didn't even know what that meant. I had to Google like what is software versus what is hardware? Like I really was starting from scratch. So I was a couple months into the cohort when all of a sudden got this job opportunity from a friend who works for a software company. She was being promoted, which was a good sign. She wasn't leaving because she was unhappy. She said, I work for this great company. I was the EA for a little while. I'm being promoted. I'm really happy about that. Do you think maybe you'd be interested in applying? 
And obviously, you know, did I have hesitations about going back into another EA role? Definitely. I definitely did. But when I went back to my vision of what I wanted to step into, I thought, wow, this company really checks off a lot of the boxes. And it's okay that I don't have a new title. And it's okay that I don't feel like I'm higher up on the totem pole because the pay was great. The level of stress that my friend was like, there's no stress because they give us the expectations are well managed. The company's doing really well financially. They're expanding. They have a hell yeah approach to hiring within. There's a lot of flexibility and the culture is amazing. So in listening to that, I thought, really, the only thing I'm sacrificing is that I don't have a new title. And the fact that they're so open to hiring within, I thought, you know, I could continue on this journey of self-discovery and learning new skills while at the same time have a job and be getting paid really well to continue that education process for myself. So I took it and I'm really, really happy there. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. How would you say that the course itself helped you come to the conclusion you could stay in this title? I mean, it might essentially be the same role, but it, it was different in some ways, right? But what was it about the UR Tookie course that kind of helped you get to that point of acceptance and follow through? Mm-hmm. Well, a few things, really. First and foremost, when Alan was talking about what it really is like to work in tech, I realized that I didn't know anything about it and that I had a lot of misinformation, outdated information. I thought working in tech was someone who's, you know, has a degree in computer programming, works in some dark, dank office all by themselves, <laughs> you know, never talks to anybody, is just coding all the time. That was my idea of tech. And I was so wrong. And I'm so happy that I got to learn that I was wrong. And so I really just approached it from like a, a level zero, like, okay, I'm new, I'm green, I'm open to changing my mindset on what working in tech is like. Another thing that I really just love about tech is that there's so many frameworks that you can learn for how to approach a problem and how to solve it. Like for me, I really like having those linear steps and having the process laid out and knowing what the steps are called, like naming things. And I really do feel strongly that that approach can be used in all areas of life. It really is very much a like, what's the problem? Let's narrow it down. How do we solve it? Let's just move one step at a time. And in a way for me, it, it comes full circle because I always used to get so overwhelmed when like, oh my God, I have new printer. Like who's going to hook it up for me? <laughs> And I always just shied away from it. So knowing that it's so instilled in tech that you have a problem here, the steps that you follow, you know, go find the information. That really helps me to overcome my overwhelm and is, I think has helped me in so many other areas of my life. I like this idea of 
transferable skills and how you're able to take what you learned from this tech course and then recognize how you can use that information in your EA position and just how it comes together. It's not, I work as an EA and then I work in tech and it is completely different. And I think that a lot of people are afraid to make a career move because that's how they they think about it. It's totally different, but it's really important to recognize those transferable skills and how capable you are because of the knowledge that you're coming into this new industry with. So I love the examples that you share. Thank you. Yeah. One thing that really surprised me is how collaborative it is. You've got the, the shareholder and the engineers, the designers. Everybody has their own specialty, but you're all working towards one goal. You're working together. And it's just great because you're not in that dark, dank office space by yourself. You're constantly working with other people, learning from each other, showing other people what you have to offer, adding value. And also one thing that I really appreciate, especially with my company, is that I I find that the more senior people are actually more transparent when they approach a problem. They're very comfortable saying, I was working on this problem, then I came to a point where I didn't know what to do. And so now I'm so excited to be learning this other skill. And that's really comforting to me. I just love this culture of saying, here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. Here are some approaches that I might follow through on. What do you guys think? So you don't have to know everything before you start. So I just wanted to share that because that was something that I didn't know at all before I started this journey. Yeah, you don't have to have it all figured out before taking that first step. You really, really don't. Yeah, I think that opposite mindset is something we just naturally get caught up in because we think we have to know everything before going into it. All our ducks have to be in a row. The one example that I remember Ellen talking about is when developers go and find code online and they copy and paste it. Like if they don't know how to do something, they just go and find the answer. They don't have to know everything. And so that's just always kind of stuck with me, that idea of we're all just learning together and the collaboration piece is what kind of facilitates that learning process. That reminds me of another example. I remember so much of what she's such a great educator. She said somebody was talking in coaching about they were feeling very frustrated with a step. They weren't moving forward and they had a job interview. They're really nervous about it. And she said, you're not going to go into that job interview asking to like regurgitate code. <laughs> I mean, you might in, a, in an audition project, but if it's the initial meeting grade, I think people just want to get a glimpse of who you are, how you work, and most importantly, what your thought process is. That's another thing I I so appreciate about this journey is more than anything, I just had to learn how to be a good communicator and learn how to foster relationships. And so I think if there's anyone who like is at least teetering on the should I go into tech, should I not, the worst that can happen is that you're going to grow as a person, develop your communication skills, build a network. I mean, that's literally the worst that can happen. The best is an actual job that you enjoy. I mean, that would be ideal. But the worst is like, oh, actually, you know what? I am in the minority 
of people who tech is not for me, but I know how to go into an interview with confidence. I can write someone a chat message, a thread or topic or an email and feel good about what I'm writing by the time I publish it or send it. So there's there's really nothing to lose. I like that reminder that no matter what you're pursuing or learning, that growth is always happening. And so this idea of you can say, I'm interested in learning more about tech or whatever industry it might be. And you're allowed to change your mind along the way. Yeah. But there's nobody that says, oh, you started that. You have to finish it because I'm watching you or something, right? Like, <laughs> no, this is your life and this is your journey to take. And the goal is, what can I learn through the process? And you've used that word process a lot as you've been talking. It's not a destination, right? It's a, a process. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also wanted to touch on my journey and how you know, listeners might be thinking, oh, well, you just, at the end of the day, you just moved from EA at one company to another. And that is true for sure. But for me, I feel like this is really where I need to be. And I'm so excited for the journey ahead of me because I have two children and this has really been a time for me to rediscover myself. I felt a little discombobulated after having my children and especially trying to raise them through a pandemic. I had postpartum depression. I was not taking a lot of time to really take care of myself to fill my own bucket before I was just taking care of my family. So I love that I'm in a role where a fraction of that time I get to be in a very comfortable domain. But then there are also times when it's just like, optimal time to be learning, making new connections with other people in the company and building on my knowledge base. And it frees up my mental space for my off hours and putting myself back together and learning who I am again. And I recognize that that's a privilege because sometimes in your life, you just need to get a job. You need to get a job ASAP. And I recognize that for sure. But I just feel so fortunate that I did have this opportunity I wasn't quite expecting. I wasn't expecting to work as an EA again, but I'm working as an EA in the best environment possible. And it's allowing me that physical and mental space to feel whole again and to find myself again. So I just wanted to share that in case anyone else was going through something similar. Your transition can be two steps. It can be 10 steps. That's great. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. And I, I think it's very important, especially for us as women, to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. And that looks different for everybody. But if you can make the space, even if it's a small amount of time for yourself to get back to center and to realign with who you are and what you need, I think it's really important for us to make that possible. So. I think it's really wonderful that you were able to do that and that you found this job that facilitates that for you. One thing you mentioned was being able to look at the vision that you had created and that helped you to realize that making a lateral move in your career was the best possible thing that you could do at the time. 
So can you talk a little bit more about this idea of a vision that you created for yourself and how that kind of came about? Yeah. So I guess I'm just a big Ellen fangirl. (laughs) One of the first exercises she had us do is she had us write out what our perfect job would be. And she encouraged us to be as granular as possible, to write for as long as you wanted to write. And it was such a cool and transformative exercise for me to do. She invited us to just give yourself permission to make it as expansive as possible, but also as detailed as possible. So I took that assignment very seriously, really, really enjoyed doing it. And it helped me to get all my thoughts on paper without having to ask permission, without editing, without judgment. And it really put me back in touch with my values and where I was at in my life at that time. I think that getting back to your values, like what is it that you really, really want? What really, really speaks to you? What is in line with how you like to function in all other areas of your life? That one exercise is really great for that. And that helped me essentially to put my vision together. And when I was offered unexpectedly an EA role again, I was able to very quickly just go back to that document and realize, yeah, it's the same title. So, you know, that's not maybe what I was hoping for, but literally every other box was being ticked. So it was at the end of the day, an easy decision for me. And I attribute that ease to that very worthwhile exercise of just jotting down what is it that you want. Give yourself permission to write down whatever you wanna say, like it's a private document. It's a private and also ongoing document that you should be iterating on (laughs) every now and then. Yes. Because you mentioned at that time in your life and life evolves, so it could change along the way. And maybe eventually you're ready for something else because it's more in line with what you need in that moment. But I love that you share the exercise. I think that's very valuable for sure. And it also makes me think of this idea of manifesting your reality. And the fact that you're not putting limits on yourself, it's amazing what can come back to you. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And I think we don't give that idea enough credit that we can see the future and then our future is influenced by that vision. Yeah, no, that that really speaks to me because I try to operate in that way as well. And there's such a fine line because definitely take that time to journal and write out what it is that you want. And then afterwards, you get it out there, you you get all those thoughts out of your head, write them down, and then you just let it go. You move on to your commitment to yourself and developing yourself and developing your skills. And you just keep moving. You don't get fixated on it because I think there's so much action in writing out what your hopes and dreams and goals are. Yeah. Writing it down is a step in the right direction. That's one thing that has stuck with me from the program that Ellen would always say, just take that one next right step for you. What's next? Instead of trying to control everything, just 
be in the present and then figure out what is the, the next step you need to take to continue to learn and to continue to move forward. Because the more information you get through action, the better decision-making ability you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I love that. Can you discuss a tough moment in your transition and how you stayed resilient? Yeah, definitely. So for me, that was probably after about six months in my current position where I wasn't like the the new girl anymore. And I knew that I had to level up in the way in my communication, in my output. I couldn't hang on anymore to this like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not sure. Like, it's my first time. So I started to develop relationships with other coworkers and I started dipping my toes in other projects because I wanted to increase my learning. I was just putting out a lot of feelers and I was getting a lot of response like, hey, you want to help me with this? You want to help me with that? And I bit off more than I could chew because I was trying to learn all these aspects of the, the business at the same time as doing my regular duties. And I was just flailing. And because I work remotely and these were all new relationships that I had with my coworkers and my boss, I was starting every day to become more and more concerned that everyone was thinking that my performance maybe plateaued, that I wasn't really exactly delivering. But I realized that what was causing all this extra noise in my head and that was causing me to become sort of paralyzed and feel impotent all the time was just all this worry about what other people were thinking, and especially my boss, who I didn't know very well. So I asked her if we could have a meeting, and I was just really forthcoming with her. I was thinking, okay, the, the most I can do to reduce this friction, I want to do that. So I had all my notes, had all my questions, and I told her, look, I feel quite untethered in my role. I feel like I'm a little all over the place. I've got my hands dipped in so many different pots, but I feel like I have dropped the ball. I just want to let you know. And I also am not used to us communicating so infrequently. Is there any way that we could communicate more frequently? And she's the CEO. She's very busy. So I said, look, what if I create this specific chat channel just for me and you? for the times that we can't just nail down. I just want to make it as easy as possible for her to support me. And then I asked for that support. And I'm in a fortunate situation that my boss wants to be a good boss. She wants to do that for me. And there was no shame or criticism. So I just honed in on our relationship. So I didn't have to feel so worried I was letting her down. And I could actually focus on getting what I needed to get done. So I think the biggest piece in there was what is causing all that extra noise and distraction? Try and see if you can tame that in some way. And that way you can just focus on the problem, which you will be able to solve. Yes. I love this idea of communicating because we can be really hard on ourselves. And hopefully that line of communication is available for you in your role to reach out and to get feedback. It can be scary because it's vulnerable, but at the same time, you walk away with so much more confidence about who you are and what you're capable of. And 
even if maybe it doesn't go as planned, you did that for yourself. Yeah. And that's huge. Oh my God. So. Yes. I love everything that you just said. Yeah. I do recognize I am fortunate because I have a great boss and she wanted to know how I was feeling. I have also been in situations where I've worked for people who don't really give a crap. They just want you to get the job done. But I do think that putting yourself out there, doing the work and really nailing down what is holding you up is so valuable. It's almost irrelevant what kind of response you're going to get because you're right. It is empowering just doing that for yourself and recognizing hey, I have a bit of a challenge. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world who has this specific challenge. Yeah, that's great advice. Can you talk about your support system that you had and maybe even like the networking or the guidance that you received in the process? It was a combination. And I think building a really well-rounded support system does require supports at different levels. So there was definitely Ellen looked forward to seeing her every Tuesday for coaching, but also I loved seeing you. I loved seeing the other members of the cohort. So I had that. I also had my inner circle, my husband, and coincidentally, two very close friends who've worked in tech. I leaned on them because they know me inside and out, but they also know the industry. And then I think in the beginning, I also just made a list of everyone and anyone that I'd ever met, you know, my third grade teacher's second cousin's ex-boyfriend, <laughs> their soccer coach was a software developer. And I didn't necessarily reach out to everyone, but I started to keep a list of everyone that I had ever met who could potentially in some way maybe help to put me within the right circles. I was actually listening to a podcast a few weeks ago, and the person said something that really resonated with me. They said that if you're trying to develop yourself in any way, go and be around people who are one or two steps ahead of you. You know, someone in kindergarten doesn't want to learn from a university professor. They want to learn from the grade ones. So find people who have a similar goal as you, who are just maybe a little bit ahead. And I think that reduces barriers in multiple ways. You don't have to feel as intimidated. You're going to likely have more in common with that person. That person is going to probably offer advice that really speaks to you because they would have just gone through it. But building a network is, that's always my go-to. That's, I'm very comfortable doing that. And that's how I build anything new that I do. I just say, look, I'm new. I don't know 90% of what I'm supposed to know, but you do. I want to build a relationship with you. I don't care what the outcome is. Let's just be connected and acquainted. And so I just approach things in that way when I'm trying to build my network in something new that I've never done before. What do you think it is that has given you that confidence? Because I know for some people, the idea of networking is just so overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love when Ellen says, just go to things and just say who you are and just be interested, be curious, and be very upfront with saying, yeah, I don't even know what I don't even know. I am very relational. I've always known that about myself. So I guess I'm, I'm comfortable reaching out to people 
that I don't know, but I understand. One thing I try and keep in mind is it's actually not that hard to really make an impression on someone. And I remember at an old job, my boss had asked me to help go through resumes and set up interviews. And there was like a stack of them. There were hundreds of them. And I thought, oh my God, how are we ever going to decide? And he said, quantity does not mean anything. It's really hard to find good people. So I think if you can put yourself into situations where you can show that you're likable, you're interested, you're keen, you're reliable, and that you're a good listener, it's really not that hard to make an impression on someone and to be memorable. And also, especially when I'm building a new relationship, I try to find out little tidbits about people that don't have to do with work. Like, oh, you just had your son's sixth birthday party or you're moving or you just finished up this master's program. And I reach out about that because that's what I would do for a friend. And I'm not saying that you should try to assume that you're going to be best friends with everyone you meet, but it's a friendly gesture. It really doesn't take a lot for people to know that you're thinking about them and that you don't have to go to these events with like a $400 suit on and wow everyone with your impressive resume. You just have to find entry points in connecting with people. And it's not limited to talking about potential job offers. I think that's great advice. There are a lot of great tidbits in there that I think are super helpful. Being relatable is the fastest way to build relationships. People don't want someone to come in and be the know-it-all. So finding that common ground, whether it's about the career path or something more personal so that you have something to share with one another, I think that's a great piece of advice. Can you offer any practical tips and resources for our listeners to help them with shifting their mindset in the process of a career change? Sure. Yeah. First of all, just be open to anything and everything and be open to the fact that you might have certain ideas about roles or industries or positions, and that might be outdated information. So just be open. Also, definitely take that time to jot down what it is that you want and what you want to achieve. But I would say don't get hung up on working for a specific company or having a specific job title. Just go back to your values and the kind of lifestyle you want to have for yourself. And anytime you're in a transitionary period, that's just an opportunity to learn more about yourself. So I would say lean into that. And if you keep coming across a similar challenge, Maybe that's an opportunity for growth. Also, talk about your journey with anybody and everybody. That's great for two reasons, because you get to really clarify for yourself what it is that you want, but you're also putting yourself out there, even if it's just your husband, even if it's just your best friend. I actually got this job through a friend because I'd signed up for Ellen's boot camp. And then I called her and I said, hey, I know that you work in tech. I've never asked you even a single question about your job, but actually I think that I might be interested in this too. And I was sharing with her what I was learning from Ellen and I think she could hear that I was excited. And then ultimately, completely out of the blue, it led to a job opportunity. And when you are going into an interview or networking event, just remember that you're the only person in the world 
who has your specific ex- experience, your specific education, your personality, your interests. We don't have to drag ourselves down and make these assumptions that we're not good enough because only you can make an impression at this interview in your own unique way. And when you go to an interview, ask lots of questions. I think when you ask questions in a conversation, you have an opportunity to show people what your thinking process is. It helps the conversation to flow better. And you want to interview them as much as they're interviewing you. you we don't have time to burn, you know. <laughs> so I just think the more active you can be in the conversation when you're going into an interview, the better. And do it in your own way. Don't try to be someone else. Just be yourself. <laughs> Thank you for all that advice. I resonated with a lot of it and could think of different examples in my experience that aligned with, with those tips. One thought that I had was when you're saying ask lots of questions, people like talking about themselves. So if you're showing interest in them, then they're going to look at you in like a more positive way. Like, oh, she's really interested in me or she's really interested in this position or this company. It goes back to having a two-way street relationship instead of a one-way street relationship. And it's easy to go into interviews and think, Oh, are they going to like me? But like you said, we're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing us. And so having that give and take in the conversation is important. Yeah. For me, I I sort of learned that a little bit earlier on because I don't have a fancy education. There are going to be lots of other resumes that are going to be more impressive than me. But one thing that I do know is that people want to hire people that they like and that they can get along with and that they see as a good fit for their team. That last one is like, that's sort of out of your hands. Either you're going to be a good fit or you're not. And if you're not, then it's good that you don't get the job. But I do always want to show my true colors and be interested and be curious because I just think that's a much better way to go about it. So if you guys are feeling like, what if my resume doesn't have anything that specifically speaks to this job? That's okay. There are other ways to make an impression. That's great. Yeah. The resume is basically to get your foot in the door. Your personality and showing up as genuinely yourselves and putting your best foot forward is what's really going to sell them whether or not you're a good fit. And like you said, if you're not a good fit, good riddance because you don't want to be in a job that doesn't feel right for you. And so every rejection is a redirection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your perspective and your conversational skills. You're very easy to talk to and you have an ease about you and a confidence. So thank you for sharing your experience and being on my podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. I had so much fun. Thank you. Good. I just want to thank Amy for being a guest on the podcast today. It was really wonderful getting to know her and her story. She's a great conversationalist and advocate for women and mothers who may be re-entering the workforce after some time away and may be lacking the confidence to jump back into something new. My favorite thing that she said was just being open to new things 
And I challenge you to think about how you can open yourself up more to possibilities and just try things out and not feel like you have to be the expert because you don't. You just have to show up, do your best and put your best foot forward. And the people that are meant for you will recognize your value and what you bring to the table. You are more than capable and you have so much to offer. Again, thank you for joining me today on the Shift Your Day Job podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more incredible stories, expert advice, and actionable steps to propel your career in a direction that truly fulfills you. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep shifting, and keep making those career moves.